Hello, and welcome to Grand Canyon Echoes, the voice of District 3 Toastmasters. Hello, fellow Toastmasters. This is your podcast host, Don Griffith. I'm here today with Sarah Mayer. Hello, Sarah. Hi, thanks for having me on. It's always great to speak with you. <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. We're here to talk about leadership, specifically Toastmasters leadership. For those of you who are listening who know about Toastmasters, you've heard the tagline, Toastmasters, where leaders are made. Well, today I want to talk about that in context of a very specific kind of activity, contests, speech contests in particular. To help us with the idea of leadership in speech contests, we have the District 3 Chief Judge, Sarah Mayer, here to talk about that. Sarah, what are the duties of the Chief Judge? Thank you. The chief judge is really responsible for facilitating the contest throughout the areas, the division, the clubs, the areas, the divisions, and the district to ensure that the rule book is followed and that we provide a safe learning environment for the contestants and also allow the functionaries to put on a great contest that is fair and picks a winner, picks the best speaker for the contest. So the chief judge is responsible for ensuring all that happens. Okay. The job you've got right now, this volunteer position, clearly has some leadership components, doesn't it? Can you outline those for us? Yeah. The chief judge is responsible for leading the teams that facilitate the conference. And in any leadership position, I really believe it's all about opportunity. Um, so it's providing opportunities for others to step into leadership, to learn the ropes, and to then be able to do whatever the task is they're assigned to. So specifically for the contests, the leadership skills are about leading the team, educating the team, and inspiring the team to go out and Put on great contests for the clubs, areas, divisions, and district. Now, from your perspective as the District 3 Chief Judge, how many contests are there out there at the various levels that you have to uh, get volunteers for and make sure that everything's running smoothly? Yeah, that's a great question. I believe that there's upwards of 50. We have, if you go beyond the clubs, about 50 areas, and then, of course, you have the divisions and then the district, and then all the clubs in the District 3 umbrella. So there are countless opportunities to volunteer, lots of moving parts, and making sure that everybody has the tools that they need to be successful in whatever role they choose to step into. It's interesting. I know, I've been in Toastmasters a long time, so I know how contests work, but not everybody does. Tell us Take us through a, a, a contest and what goes on. What are the things that happen? And maybe stop along the way and talk about here's where we need people to step up and take leadership positions. One of the things that I realized stepping into this role is that many members are members of a club and they've never been exposed to a contest. 
So the contest season really starts at the club level. So clubs are able to have a contest in their club or they're able to choose someone or two people to represent them at the area contest. And the contest then moves on to the area where all the club, all the areas um, have their own contests for the clubs that are in their respective area. And then it moves on to the division. So whoever wins at the area contest can move on to the division contest, which is all the areas within that division. And then the winners at the division contest move on to the district. Once they get to the district, then they can move on to further beyond the district where all the districts compete. And it leads into the World Championship of Public Speaking, which is held at our Toastmasters International Convention at the end of the year. So for club members who've never experienced a contest or somebody just curious, the way all the contests are typically run once you get past the area level, because clubs kind of are able to do their own thing, the area director will call the contest to order, introduce the functionaries that are helping with the contest, any dignitaries, anyone who has a title and Toastmasters who may be in the audience, and then they will kick it off by introducing the speakers. Typically, there's a speaker from each club or a, a group of speakers, more than one, and that speaker will speak on an inspirational topic for the international competition. And then there'll be a brief intermission where we will get to interview the speakers, the, the men and women who have competed, and learn a little bit more about them. The judges will make their decision once they turn in their ballots, and then we announce a winner. And that's really an exciting time for the winner, but the whole contest is really a growth opportunity for anybody who is speaking. So that's the first part. We typically hold two contests per, per um, session. And the, the first one is typically international, which competes then, moves up, and has the opportunity to compete in the World Championship of Public Speaking. We always hold a, a separate contest which is different every year. This year it will be table topics. So many club members are familiar with table topics. If you're not in Toastmasters, that is where you are presented with a question and you answer it impromptu on the spot. And it can be about anything. Some table topics may be about leadership. Some may be about um, you know, your favorite mascot or who, who would beat who in a fight for mascots. I've heard some crazy table topic answers. And so this year we will have the international contest and then the table topics contest where our contestants will compete in both of those. And the table topics contest follows the same format that I just described for international. There's always an audience. This year it will be virtual. And the audience has a great time learning from the contestants as well. So I encourage you to check out a speech contest if you have the opportunity. As chief judge for the district, you're responsible for recruiting and training other chief judges and regular judges as well. What are some of the things that judges need to know and take account of during a contest? One of the biggest opportunities 
for club members is the opportunity to become a judge. And I know when I've been in my clubs, I have that one person who's such an expert evaluator. I love every time she's providing feedback. And I would encourage all clubs to find at least one or two members in, in their club and encourage them to become a judge. So judges will start judging at the area contests and then move on. And my role is to help the chief judges at the area contest, train their judges to train all the judges in the district. And I really focus on making sure that they understand the rules, what they are looking for in a speech. So each of the contests has a scorecard, if you will, that describes the things that good speeches will have. So, you know, one of them may be audience interaction or audience reaction or communication, ability to communicate a message. And it's really about understanding what each speech should, what the components of each speech should have, and then giving them a a point score to ensure that they have met that or maybe they, they have it and that's an area of opportunity. Judges are confidential, so if you're worried about, I don't want everybody to know I was a judge, we do try and keep that under wraps, but you as a judge will score uh, each speech as you hear it, and then you will select your top three for all the speeches, and then we aggregate those scores. So my job really is to train judges on how to be fair and understand what they're really looking for as they're listening to the speeches as they're presented to them. So that being fair, that idea of objectivity in the face of perhaps maybe you're a judge and you've seen this speaker speak before, so you know they're really good. But that's not what you should be judging on. You're not judging on whether you know they're very good. You are judging on what they do that day. So it's accountability and it's being objective. That sounds to me like some good leadership traits, being accountable and being objective. I really love the idea of using the rubric. We, that's what that scorecard is or the ballot and the rubric guides you. So I think one of the things when you become a judge, you're also looking to find the possibility in how people are presenting themselves. So you're able to, as a leader, step step back and really think about it, call it as you see it. You're not really looking for, well, I think they could do better on this, or I want to give them advice. That's not the role of the judge. The role of the judge is really to decide the game as it's being played and follow that rule book. So there's that leadership of not only being objective, but being willing to stand by your decision. And you may pick a winner that is maybe not the popular choice because you looked at the the playbook and decided it the way it was played. Even though they may be great and very popular in other areas, on that day, they might not have been the winner. And I think that's really important, being able to have the courage to stand by your decision as you saw it. Now, not everybody's going to know how you called it because we do aggregate that. So you don't have to worry about that. But being able to maybe not pick 
the popular person because that day they weren't the best speaker. There's an aspect of confidentiality also that you mentioned. Let's explore that a little bit more. Tell me more about the confidentiality aspect of being a judge. Yeah, when we recruit the judges, the judges' names and identities are only known to the chief judge and the contest manager or chair. So there's very few people who know who the judges are. Now, with that said, this year we and last year, we are in a virtual setting, so it makes it a little bit easier. We do mask the names and don't show the image in the box on Zoom. But in person, um, there is an opportunity where someone will see you writing down and holding up your ballots. And so there is confidentiality and to a point, but, you know, if somebody really wanted to figure out who the judges are, they probably could. And so I think that's why it does take courage to say you want to be a judge because somebody may approach you and ask for feedback or ask why, who you picked. And the, the reality and the responsibility of the judge is to not share that feedback. Judges fill out their ballot and they're not responsible like in a club contest for giving feedback or an evaluation. They fill out their ballot and that's it. And they're not supposed to or not allowed to discuss their rationale for who they picked or decided or their thoughts on the contest. And so I think it's really important ethically as a judge to know that even if you put down winner A, but somebody in left field that you didn't even have as the winner ends up being the winner, you need to stand with the group decision and you can't be upset or express that you didn't pick that person if approached or anything like that. You really have that level that that integrity to just say, you know, I was a judge and I can't discuss the results of the contest. The parallels to outside world, you know, business and other organizations is clear. You are often given confidential information and you're supposed to protect that. You're not supposed to be spreading it around. You keep it confidential if that was the expectation. And that's a leadership skill. Not everybody has that experience. And someday you may be asked to do that. What else can we say about leadership development with regard to being a judge in a contest? One of the things that really comes out when you are a judge in a contest is the opportunity to see what other people are doing. So to be able to go back to your club really help others to improve their speaking because now you've been exposed as a judge to people you may have never heard, never even met. And you can use that as an opportunity to go back and help your fellow club members improve their speeches for the future and encouraging them to compete. You know, I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't compete. I don't need to win a trophy. But it's not about the trophy. It's nice when you do win and you do do get that um, attaboy, but it's not about the trophy. It's about the growth and development that speakers go through as they move through the process of competing in the contest. So as a judge, when you have that opportunity to see people compete, 
you can also bring those things that they did really well back to your club to inspire and develop and grow your other club members. Yeah. I like to call that going beyond the club. There's so much more to Toastmasters than your weekly meeting. There's a lot about a Toastmaster speech contest. One, to enjoy. Two, to learn just skills. And three, to develop leadership skills that maybe you hadn't thought of. Sarah, I appreciate the time you've given today. I know you're very busy in your work. Thank you so much for sharing about the upcoming contest. Those people who are involved, they're now, the clubs are meeting now to have their contest. So over the next three months or so, we're going to have a whole bunch of club contests leading into the area and then the division. And then in May of 2022, we'll have the district contest. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. I always love uh, speaking with you and hearing about everything that you've done in Toastmasters. And I look forward to see seeing all the great contestants this year from all of your clubs and cheering them on. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Grand Canyon Echoes, the voice of District 3 Toastmasters. To volunteer to be featured on the podcast or to suggest future topics, write podcast at aztoastmasters.org. That email again is podcast at aztoastmasters.org. Toastmasters International and all other Toastmasters International trademarks and copyrights are the sole property of Toastmasters International. This podcast is independent of Toastmasters International. It is not endorsed by, sponsored by, affiliated with, or otherwise connected with Toastmasters International, other than for the use of the name Toastmasters International.